everyone. Welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with your hosts Ben and Burke. On today's show, we are joined by Sapporo local Aaron, who owns and runs a car dealership called Ace Auto Japan, based out in Ebetsu, Hokkaido. We talk about many things, including how he got into the car dealing business and starting his own company, Japanese car auctions, some of the awesome cars he has driven, some interesting stories meeting foreign clients, such as going to Russia to generate business, Aaron's work life and how he balances it with his social life, going to the racetrack, spending time at Lake Toya, and much, much more. We,、uh, we record this episode at Barefoot Bar in downtown Sapporo, so you will hear some background noise coming from the streets, which might be a little bit annoying. Hopefully, it's not too distracting. All right, enjoy the show. Each, knee, sang. How's it going, Aaron? Yeah, good, thanks. Good to see you guys. Dude,、uh, right off the bat, I wanted to ask you because,、uh, man, did you guys see the sky in support of last? I know you saw it. I, I saw, saw it around 6 p.m. and it, was, it wasn't at its peak, but my missus came home and was like, oh, the sky's amazing. But by the time I went outside, it was still nice and pink, but not as,、uh, as probably how you saw it. Yeah, it slowly started to take over the sky, and、uh, I got a pretty good video of it.、Uh, yeah, See, that,、oh, that, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So awesome. Were you、bro. on your way home from somewhere? No, that's at、uh, my workplace. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, that's the car. That's in, the car you're driving.、Uh, Ebetsu. Yes. Okay. And、uh, yeah, this is、uh, your car, yeah? Yep, one of the. Machines I have. We'd have to post that on the, on the Facebook page for、Lincoln、sure. Lincoln Continental. Yeah, if you let us、uh, use that、Absolutely. picture, man, I think that's,、uh, yeah. That's, uh, so that's、uh, by your workplace, which is out in Abetsu. Yep. Yes, that's right. Yes,、okay. Abetsu. Yeah, I wanted to get to all, to all of that eventually. Yeah, no worries.、Uh, because,、uh, yeah, I got a lot of questions about that. But actually,、uh, first things first, man. Uh, I think you guys know each other pretty well, but、uh, oddly enough, Aaron, like we barely know each other. I mean, I, I know you've been in Japan for a, quite a long time. I've been here for、uh, 17, 18 years, but I'm surprised that we've really never gotten to know each other. Like, I used to see you at some events. I remember seeing you, like, at some of、uh, Harry's fights and stuff,、yep. and being like, who's that scary looking dude over there? He looks like pretty <laughs> not tough.、Me. Beer garden? Big tough guy. Yeah. And then we've seen each other at the beer garden a lot,、uh, but it was always like a crowd of people. So we've never really talked. So,、right. uh, so I barely know you. So I'm very、uh, curious to learn about like your background and stuff. And、uh, you were just saying before we started recording that you've been in and out of Japan 100 times? Yeah, over 100 times. Over 100. Yeah. Did you know that, Ben? I didn't know that. And that's for work. Oh, work and pleasure a little bit. Yeah. So work and play. Yeah. Okay. Most of those were when I first left the first three or four years when I was in Japan. Okay. So I was work, working like basically for a New Zealand company and traveling like, yeah, 10 to 15 times a year. And、uh, so you're originally from New Zealand? Yes, yeah, small town in New Zealand.、Uh, yeah.、Um, small town in, called Ashburton in the South、Ashburton. Island. So. Man, it's crazy. Like, I think now I probably know more people from New Zealand in Sapporo than. Any other country, probably even the US、yeah. now. It's, it's crazy. There's a lot of us here for sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think before I came to Japan, I knew one Kiwi. Right. And then when I came to Sapporo, I've met like a huge bunch. And I've, I've probably met only one Kiwi that I didn't like. I think you probably know who <laughs>、yep, I'm talking、I、about,、do. who's not here anymore. <laughs> He's probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we should mention his name. <laughs> But it rhymes with, no. <laughs> Let's see, what is the town you're from like? Is it a small town you're from? Yeah, small,、or? rural,、um, like a farming town,、okay. dairy farm, basically.、Uh, 15,000 people. Oh, that is small. I grew up.、Okay. Yeah, I think there's maybe 20,000, 25,000 now. So. Okay.、Hmm. And、yeah. have you always been involved with cars? Because、like, before you came to Japan,、uh, no, you said you were. No, but I've always had a love and a passion for motor vehicles and machinery. And so, not to I、oh, come to Japan really that it. Because I come here to do that. So, yeah. Was it was that, only a hobby more than anything. So, that's、uh, what brought you to Japan, or did you know about Japan before?、Or? No, well, actually, one of my good friends had started 
a business here like 25 years ago okay. and we'd kept in contact and um, I'd just come over and for a holiday basically like 1998 I think it was oh, wow. for like a couple of week holiday and he's like why don't you work for me we're an open company in New Zealand so I went back and then yeah it all started from there basically I got into the car parts business in New Zealand working for him so basically the Everything was getting supplied from Japan to oh. New Zealand, and we were distributing it through New Zealand. Okay. Mm. And uh, that business was here in Hokkaido? Or yes. Okay. Yeah. But when he first came, he originally um, went to a small place called Oita in Kyushu. So that's oh. where he started, yeah. Yeah, that rings a bell. I think yeah. I've heard of Oita before, yeah. yeah. So you were at first uh, helping out his business while you were still in New Zealand? Yeah, I basically run the company for him in New Zealand. So okay. we had a branch, uh-huh. and then we just basically distribution network. And then, uh, so then when you were first coming over to Japan, that was just uh, business trips? But yeah, you were still basically, in yes. Japan. Okay. No, I was actually living in New Zealand, New Zealand then, Zealand. and then, yeah, okay. traveling back and forth, just basically buying cars and processing the containers because we were basically cutting up cars yeah. and packing them into containers and sending them to New Zealand. Wow. What, so, what were you doing before that? Um, before that, I... What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. No, before that, I actually used to work at a venison processing plant. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, so... In New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. for like five years. Bef- yeah, five years. So basically that meant I got up at 4.30 in the morning and I was getting home at 9 o'clock at night. Jeez. Wow. So I was doing 16 plus hour days for five years. So but when, basically just to get ahead. And what, and what made you uh, decide to actually finally come to Japan and settle here? Well, my boss at that stage really wanted me to come and help grow his company here because of what we'd been doing in New Zealand and he still the market here was still good. So he's like, I want you to come and let's... Um, yeah, do it from here. So I did. Actually, when I when I first came to Japan, I don't know if you guys know that I was working as a car exporter as well. Oh, I didn't like know after that. My, oh, really? After my first year of teaching English. Right, wow. Just like part-time. So first English teaching. And first then, English okay. teaching. Yeah. And at the end of that year, I was, you know, kind of unemployed and I wanted to do something different. And then my boss, who I was working with at the English school, he knew someone that owned a car dealership. Right. And he was like, oh, they kinda, they're kind of looking for staff that wants to work in their export company or export uh, department. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, part-time, I was working like three days a week, uh, 10, till, 10 till 3 or something. It was right. pretty flexible. That was in Sapporo? This was in Sapporo, oh, wow. yeah. And it was only just doing uh, emails, yeah, yeah. data entry, taking photos of cars, um, uploading it dealing with customer Custom, emails. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, most of our customers were from Africa. Yeah, right. So what we'd do, or what I would do, I would get uh, put all these pictures up of cars that the owner had, put them online, and then the customer would say, yeah, we want that car. Yeah. Or they would normally make a request of what car they wanted, and then I would tell the boss, this customer wants this kind of car. He'd, find He'd go to auction, mm. find it, and then, yeah, send it off, get the money. But it was mainly, yeah, people from Africa was our main mm, customer. Yeah, Some yeah. Russians. Yeah. But then I think, yeah, I was doing that business probably around 2008, 2009. Right, right, when it was so, difficult. Yeah, so business was getting really yeah, slow. Yeah. So I only ended up working there for about a year and a half. Right. And then it was like, right, well, we kind of had to get rid of the the import or the export side of right. it. And just mainly he ended up dealing with the the domestic side yeah because that that export market is a real difficult market because what happens is everyone's you know like in africa they're all they want to get the best price so they don't want to buy through an agent they don't want to buy from another yard they want to be buying direct from the source so there's lots of companies that have just you know that's what they're focused on is getting the car at the source so it saves cutting out like your what your job was doing basically everyone's getting a slice Whereas they're going straight to the source and buying it themselves, so so your so your job is similar to that now as well. You well, to, yeah, basically, yeah, we're I'm sourcing direct from auctions nationwide, mm. and then we're just basically, but we're selling to retail more than wholesale now. We still do a little bit wholesale and a little bit of export, yeah, and a few parts. So just that, do you do a lot of domestic sales? Yeah, the majority of our sales is domestic. 
and like uh, probably ninety percent. Oh, ninety percent. Oh, okay. And you guys carry inventory as well? Or yeah, at the moment, have... well, anywhere from forty to fifty cars in stock. Oh wow! At any one time, so. And this is still the uh, same original company that you were working with while you well, were in New Zealand, or no, it's not. I basically what happened is after my boss decided to close the company because it was, just wasn't viable anymore. The parts business got a lot difficult. They basically just said, well, you can just take over and do whatever you want. So, yeah, pretty lucky in that respect. So, wow. Hmm. So I just basically started aiming at the domestic market because, you know, a lot of foreign people here trying to get good deals, you know. So we that's what we try and do, you know, just buy good cars and supply good cars and good price and follow-up service and everything, you know. Nothing you wouldn't expect anywhere in the world, you know. So is it is it your company now? Or yes. Is, oh, it is, yes. okay. owned by me, yes. Okay. So bang. we've got four yeah. staff. Four staff. In total. And you're saying uh, it's based out in Nebetsu, which is right next to Sapporo, basically. Yeah, right? basically. Yeah, about 20 minutes from here, from the center. So. Okay. Are you, uh, where are you living? Do you live in Sapporo? Or do no, you live I live in Nebetsu also, like 10 minutes away from the yard. So. Okay. I don't know if you know. Yeah, my mom and all my relatives are actually from Nebetsu, oh, so I kind of know that. Them. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, uh, Tondin Farm. We yeah. live close to there. Yeah, my uh, mom's family actually uh, started in Mihara, which is kind of north oh, yeah, of the yeah, Ishikawa yeah, 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 yeah. River and stuff. Uh, but now family lives like all over Abetsu and some in, in Sapporo as well too oh, wow. and stuff. But yeah, so I've got a close connection right. to uh, Abetsu. Oh, awesome. But uh, Ben, have you ever been to a uh, auction? I have no idea. No, how works. no. I, I wanted to go. Um, the the guy that owned the company I worked for before he wanted to kind of take me sometimes but for some reason it, it never worked out because he he was going to auctions like almost every day yeah there's there's one every day in Hokkaido as well yeah oh every day yeah. in yeah. Hokkaido yeah. alone wow I think nationwide there's an excess of 150 auctions per week what and I a lot of them you can buy like online yeah right? yeah so, you can so see, like, the live we, we we can buy online from multiple auctions nationwide yeah but it's obviously it's better to be there because you can check yeah, the car out and stuff so when you can't so like when we're looking at cars in tokyo osaka or whatever we can order an inspection so the um auction house where you have to pay them money they send a guy out and they take uh, up to 20 photos of the car if you want to pay extra and then the guy rings up my staff and gives them a full detailed walk around of the car and you can ask them to check anything and everything of the car so mm, do those uh do they take place at the same site all the time in hokkaido or is it like various locations where these auctions take place or uh that depending on auction house but always at the same place oh, okay. so the the biggest one in hokkaido is uss and that's actually in a bit so oh is it yeah oh, so no. you, are you there quite a lot i like go there the on tuesday and check all the cars it might take three or four hours to walk around and physically check all the cars I'm looking at. And then Wednesday, anywhere from, um, normally I'm there at seven o'clock in the morning and um, can finish two, three in the afternoon. So. Sapporo is only small auction. There's four lanes. So you can bid on A and B lane or C and D lane, but you've got to select the button. Tokyo, there's 10 lanes. So there's 10 cars going through at so any one time. be like on the ball Tokyo's oh, do you have an assistant with yeah, you that's yeah. helping you out as well? You've, it's, it takes a bit to learn. Otherwise, <laughs> you can um, buy the wrong car and get in a lot of trouble because right? it's expensive when you cancel as well. So yeah, There's about 15,000 cars a week go through Tokyo or every Thursday. Wow. Because so, like, every time I see you, Aaron, you're always driving a different car. Um, and these are cars that what you buy for a customer? Oh, um, normally, we don't drive customers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> But basically, I'm buying, I just need a crystal ball sometimes, you know, we're just, I'm just buying what I think we can sell and what appeals to the market. So, so obviously, yeah. you've driven a lot of cars. Yeah. What's the, what's like your favorite car you've driven so far since you've uh, been, I've been, been pretty doing lucky. Your company? Yeah. I've driven a lot of nice cars, Lamborghini Urus. What? Um, GDC4, Lusso Ferrari. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, are drive, what are you driving these days? Um, I've got a Subaru Legacy, <laughs> but I've got a few nice cars that like the Lincoln. I've got a R thirty two GDR that take out to the track and drag sometimes. I've got an old um, Mazda RX three, which is like a classic. Um, so you don't actually have like a permanent car that 
you and your family drive around the whole time. No. You're always changing. Yeah, so pretty like, much. And same with the wife. I'll buy her a car and then I'll advertise it and someone will buy it. So I have to take it off her, <laughs> change it. So, but she's lovely. She doesn't mind that. So. I mean, well, just within our group of friends, I think you've hooked up a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of people have just said they are looking for, especially like the X-Trails. A lot of yeah. people seem to be requesting yeah. that. I mean, yeah. for Hokkaido, obviously, extra is really good. Yeah, stuff, it's great car for. Yeah, yeah. For God, you know, it's good, roomy, ground clearance, and yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, where are these cars at auctions uh, coming from usually? Well, a lot of them are just from like local users, so they might be upgrading. So a lot of dealers, if they go to buy a new car, the dealer will take that car and they won't on sell it. You know, like a new Nissan dealer, they don't say say an extra. Like, they'll, instead of selling it, they'll just put it straight in the auction. Oh, really? Yeah. Rather than, because they might not have a second-hand market, or they might, the car not, might not be up to their standard, or whatever reason, so. So, are you saying that the uh, auction market is actually, I mean, how, how does it compare to the resale market for dealers and stuff, is it? Yeah, like, but same thing is that sometimes they don't want to put the money required to get the car back up to standard. You know, like mm-hmm. it might need a charking, it might need a lot of maintenance and parts to bring it back up to the standard, or it might have too many kilometres. There's lots of factors. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they will resell them, but then a lot of times they'll just get rid of them straight to the auctions. Mm-hmm. And then also what happens is a lot of cars that uh, a lot of dealers that carry stock, like even ourselves, I just try not to do it, but a lot of places might have. 50, 60 cars, and they'll just put them back in the auction. If they can't sell it after a certain amount of time, those cars go back into the auction and they cash out of them and they'll buy some different stock. Mm. Can they uh, put them back at the auction at about the same purchase price? They well, it just or? depends on the time, well, really. Auction, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, they consider they consider um, maximum or what their price, the want price, mm. so they can set a limit. And if it doesn't get it, well, it doesn't sell. So, but they still have to pay to put it in the auction. So mm-hmm. they can put it, yeah, the reserve price is up to them really. Okay. So, and the corners in the auction are all different as well. Some, some corner there's no reserve and then some corner you can just set the reserve or import car or whatever to suit. So. I've always been intrigued when, um, when like a, a non-Japanese person starts a company in Japan and you've started your own company in, in Japan. I mean, I just want to know, like, is it difficult to do? Um, Can I sum that up in one word? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> like, I, I knew it was difficult because I'd worked in a company here and because I, I was friends with the boss and we'd gone through a lot of struggles and a lot of process and a lot of no's and a lot of, you can't do this, you can't do that. But he was really perseverant and, we always found a way. You can do everything here like you can at home or wherever. It's just you've got to follow the process, paperwork, time. Like, I couldn't believe how much effort it took to start a company. Like, I showed my wife, I can start a company on my phone in New Zealand in 20 minutes for like $50. (laughs) To start our company, it cost $5,000, about three months, and about 300 pieces of paper. And about 20 meetings with lawyers and accountants and... just Is it just because you're foreign? Like no, it no, longer? it's just, it's just it seems to stand the way it was. Mm. Like, being a foreigner doesn't matter. You've just got to... It's just process. Hanko, stamp, 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 stamp. <laughs> Basically, that's what you've got to be able to do, do yeah. Does it help to um, to have, like, permanent residency or... or well, I think married? you have to, yeah, yeah, to be able to do it. I'm not exactly sure, but, yeah, it definitely helps, like... And obviously having that initial cash to, to yeah, you to have start to like out. no chance of getting a loan. Mm. So I mean, most from what we've experienced, banks and loan companies and all that won't. You can't borrow money for the first three years. They want to see three years of books, basically. So that's not just for, foreign related or anything else. I, from what I understand, yeah, correct. Is it is everything uh, like started and registered in your name, or did you take the route that a lot of people do and they? Uh, might put it in like a Japanese spouse's name. No, it's all everything in our, my company's in my name. And uh, I mean, just because usually what I hear is people will register like in their wife's name uh, for whatever reason. And uh, 
you know, they tend to say that that works out pretty well. Has it been, have you run into any difficulties because you've registered as a foreigner? Has it been no, pretty not, easy? No, no, everything's been pretty normal, you know. Okay. I think if it's in my name, it's my responsibility. So you're sort of, you're aware of that all the time and it's, you know. Yeah, I kind of get that. I have that same feeling. I get the advice a lot to do things in your spouse's name for tax reasons or whatever, but I kind of feel like if it's not in my name, then I don't take responsibility for yeah, it. Correct. Don't really feel yeah. like it's my yeah, baby yeah. that I'm trying to raise. And, and stuff, again, so. if, even if it is in your spouse's name at the end of the day, you know, it's then it's their responsibility, isn't it? So, yeah, which yeah. is yours anyway. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I mean, you were saying that uh, what ninety percent about is uh, domestic uh, customers and ten percent overseas. Um, are you exporting those cars to countries that have like? Uh, I mean, anything as far as like the steering wheels on the same side or do you have to watch out for stuff like that too? Or? Yeah, but most of the customers know what they want. So we're getting specific orders or requests for a certain car. Mm. So basically they know what they want, so they're, they're basically buying to suit their market. Mm-hmm. So we supply, at the moment we supply a little bit to New Zealand, America, because they can now take cars that are over 25 years old. Okay. Hence all the 25-year-old cars have, doubled, tripled, quadrupled in price in the last couple of years because of the American demand. Um, we also supply Trinidad and Tobago, which is a little country above uh, South America. Okay. Ireland. So how is that working with the people in different markets? Is it pretty yeah. easy? Or is no, it, it was really on difficult. The market and stuff? Big learning curve. Yeah. So basically we had customers coming from all around the world. I met customers from St. Lucia, we had some guys come from St. Lucia. Where's St. Lucia? Pardon um, my ignorance. In the, it's like the Seychelles around yeah, there, Caribbean. No, lot, yeah, Caribbean, yeah. Jamaica, quite in between Trinidad and Jamaica, some little small country. So these two guys turn up, cool dudes, and uh, acting like they've got heaps of money. Anyway, we do the whole process, take them to the yard, show them all the cars. They buy a lot of cars. We cut them up, process them, send them back. Then they come back a second time, do the same again. And I caught one of the guy's staff stealing parts out of our car. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think that guy's stealing something. So we went up to him, hey, what's in your pocket? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, yeah, you just stole something out of that car. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did. Oh, he admitted to yeah, it. Yeah, he did. He had no choice. It was so what like, was it, like a, like a stereo or like something? A, like a gauge out of a car, right? Oh like God. a boost gauge or something. So, is that an expensive part? Oh, not really. But like, for instance, the container might have been a hundred thousand dollars. It's like fifty dollar part. Okay. But I made him confess that he'd stolen actually a lot of parts. <laughs> really? <laughs> so we basically said to him. So we didn't talk to him anymore. I was just like, right, what are we going to do with this guy? And my boss was like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, let's. Let's send him. So he's like, cool. So we basically said to him, bro, you're out. Get on the plane. So we got the Japanese staff to take him to the airport, kicked him out. So this was one of your Yeah, clients. one of our export customers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the end of him. I mean, what can you do in that situation? Can you call like the, uh, I mean, local Well, you could. That's what I said to him. But is it more of a headache to do well, that? Well, yeah, or? it is. But like, I, I did the 180 track you know like if i was in your country and you caught me stealing parts out of your yard what would you do to me and i said i don't want the answer because yeah they i know what the answer would have gutted me right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly you would be never seen again so yeah, yeah he said, got away yeah, lucky either go to the japanese jail which you're not going to like or you get on a plane and go now so see that see what you're talking about is very different from my experience with exporting cars like the customer's never came to japan i never met anyone yeah, it was all right, just yeah, by email yeah, yeah. phone calls fax so the thing with that process was they didn't know what they were getting they were trusting us 100 percent completely they were saying we want this car this spec but we could have sent them anything yeah exactly and yeah. there was nothing they yeah. could really do about it. That's it but you actually met a lot of your yeah a lot customers. of customers even from africa a lot of customers used to come also to take them around the yards so it was Build a good rapport. So once I'd been once and they could see this company and see what we could do for them and everything was, you know, above and beyond as such, they didn't need to come back. 
Yeah, when I we were in working in the import business, I mean that we always did that. We always made a trip overseas to visit the company, yeah. so see who the people see were, getting. see what you're getting, and yeah. everything and stuff. So then the same for us. Once we'd got that rapport, and, you know, got a good hold, we did the opposite. We actually travelled. So we went to Africa. So I went to Kenya, and we'd seen a lot of the customers, and got shocked out of our minds, basically, to what you like. Didn't know what we. I didn't know what is what to expect. So we go to one of our biggest customer in Kenya, and he's got armed guards outside Jeez. the yard. That's two guys standing with M16s. So he he that was like a big company, a yeah, big dealership yeah, in, in yeah, Kenya. Big. And you were like, we got to get these guys in Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, we'd already been supplying them, but you know, just to see the other side, it's just unbelievable. And same in South Africa, we went to South Africa as well, met with the customers there, and just. The diversification, you know, some places, super rich, super wealthy, sit outside having beer and food, and then literally two minutes down the road, it's the slums. Mm. It was just, and the guy said to us, we were in a hotel, and he said, do not leave the hotel, no matter what, because he said, you won't come back. (laughs) Did you have any kind of customers that you went over to visit them and... There were any problems when you were there, or any any interesting experiences that you had? No, pretty lucky. Oh, the one I can say, I went. Uh, we went to Russia for a trade show to Moscow, and um, we went searching for customers. So we got a driver, and we went outside of Moscow, like into the suburbs. We found this place, and the guy was pretty accommodating. We were trying to get business, basically, to sell parts. And then his boss or someone else come back and they did not want us to be there. And he made it pretty clear to the guy that took us, you need to take these guys out of my yard right now. And so we left and the driver said, "Um, that's it. I'm not taking any more of these places. And that was the end of it. Oh, wow. So it was a little bit scary, but in hindsight, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, have you been to, it sounds like you've had the opportunity to travel to different places. Have you been to a lot of different places overseas through yeah, work? Yeah, quite a stuff? few, yeah. Yeah, um, where else? Mo- Mongolia. Okay. Same. But well, what was that we, like? Well, we went in the middle of winter, got off the plane, it was minus 38 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, most of the customers in Mongolia drank vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a degree in vodka drinking there pretty much, so. Yeah, when you're overseas, uh, are they taking you out as well in the evenings and stuff? Yeah, you yeah, by yeah, both. That seemed to be the culture, you know, the business. You do the business and then you take for lunch and it's an excuse for them too, I guess. To, yeah, that to company that I worked at, like that was a reason why a lot of people, and it was a selling point to recruit young kids in the company is like, yeah, you'll be able to travel overseas and you'll get these great experiences while you're there. And it's always really good to travel overseas on business because yeah they do kind of feel like they got to take care of you while you're there and stuff and yeah you and you a meet a lot of different people and some of them you know still talk to now you know some of them are great people you know that you'd never meet if you weren't here and you weren't in that position so yeah in that respect it's yeah really grateful Aaron, what's been the most uh fun uh business trip you've had meeting a meeting a client overseas can't say. <laughs> well, most, most interesting. Um, oh, they've all been interesting, yeah. you know? That's nothing we can say on here. All right. Exactly. <laughs> that, How's that? Yeah. yeah. That's, a good, that, that's how good it was. How is it doing your job? Like, what's, what's your lifestyle like? Is it, is it stressful? Like, I know mm. when I met you, I probably met you about five years ago, and... I think that was before you started your company. Yeah, so you were working correct, yeah. for your friend's company at yeah. that time. Um, and you seemed at that time to, uh, you know, we used to hang out quite a bit. You used to go wakeboarding a lot. Um, but I feel like now you seem less stressful. I don't know. Cause you, you know, you like at toy, toyer a lot. Oh, yeah, going maybe, wakeboarding maybe a lot. it's a bit of a misrepresentation <laughs> too, though. <laughs> Facebook can lie. So yeah, can look good, but yeah, everyone's living their best life on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, I literally work 12 hours a day, five wow. and a half days a week normally. So, and a lot of time, you know, sometimes when you're checking auctions, I'm at home after dinner. From eight till ten o'clock at night, sometimes just checking cars. So, so way busier than before. Yeah, busier, but 
Yeah, it is busier, definitely, yeah. I mean, but, busier is better than not busier. Yeah, yeah that's that, right, yeah. yeah. Which we, in the last couple of months was a bit quiet, but yeah. yeah. So oh. just trying to, you know, turn it around and looking for new opportunities. And, yeah, has coronavirus the whole situation? Is yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, it's affected us, like, in the last couple of months pretty much. So we also look after a lot of um, people that own their own houses and stuff here. We look after their vehicles, so we can we actually manage them. So we've got a warehouse and we store the cars in the garage. When they arrive, we take the car to the airport, meet and greet, hand them the car. They go do their thing for a week and then bring it back. Hold on, who, who so, are these people you're talking about? Oh, like um, Hongkanese people and Hawaiian people that are a lot, you know, a lot of fly-in, fly-out, just holiday house owners. Oh, so, really? you, so you just like look after their carts? Yeah, we, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, car management, we wow. call it. So yeah, connoisseurs. So if you've got a house in the Seiko and you want a car so we can source you a brand new car, it's a lot of Prados and stuff like that. So when you arrive off the plane, we meet you, hand you your car keys, your car's full of gas, warm, ready to go. You drive it to your house, you have a week with your family, and you keep bring it back to me, dirty, no gas. We take it, we clean it, we put gas in it, take it back to our shed. I got to talk to you uh, after that. I know some people that need that service, like, right well, as soon as they can start coming back in the country. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys that own places, not a lot, but some guys own places in Niseko and stuff and come here maybe three or four times a yeah. year. And uh, they're always like just renting cars. Yeah, and that's so. I mean, it depends a lot. You have to do that evaluation. Some people still like to rent because they, you know, they own their own. It's not difficult. They just don't know the process. So basically, even if you're not a resident of Japan and you own a property, well, you can buy a property. You can put it in their name. We can buy a car and put it in their name attached to their house. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. So a lot of those guys coming from those places, obviously, they're prob- if they're coming from those places, they're probably pretty wealthy individuals. Are they also yeah. purchasing high-end cars or yeah. just oh, whatever? Yeah, big mix. Some of them like high-end stuff as a as a like a secondary car, but then a lot of them have in the winter, you know, just uh, a good winter car, basically. Okay. Yeah. And do you have like kind of a close relationship with these people? And do you yeah, some of them. Yeah, them? some of them are amazing, like super friendly. You know, one of the customers, was, you know, he took me to Tokyo and looking for cars for him. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow, oh, wow. you know, and it was did you find next s- level. Did you find something nice? Yeah, we found it, but he didn't buy it. He's just like, ah, no need. So, <laughs> you know, had some nice food and wine and whiskey and yeah. Yeah, no complaints there. Do, do they, like when they come to uh, to Sapporo, do you take them out and show them around Sapporo yeah, as well? Some, some of them want to go, yeah, look around, go to nice restaurants and yeah. Entertain. Yeah. You were saying, uh, talking about how busy you are, and then you were also saying you have a staff of about how many, four? Oh, there's four of us in total, including me. So okay. there's me, my wife. I've got a Kiwi guy, a New Zealand guy. Um, he's my mechanic. He does a great job. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and a Japanese also. And he looks after the Japanese sales and everything related to the Japanese side. So we do Yahoo Auction also. We sell a lot of parts on Yahoo Auction. Yeah, I was curious about that. Uh, well, both of those actually, but uh, uh, how did you find uh, the Japanese person to start working with? Was well, that somebody you knew from before? Or yeah, time? he used to work for us in the previous company. And same with Mike. He also used to work in the previous company with us as well. So Okay, so you knew him pretty well. So you yeah. had to go through the process of also hiring Japanese staff? To no, that's it, because I know it's a bit difficult. And also in the car industry now, it's not... A lot of young people into cars or into mechanics or want to work in the winter fixing cars or no, it's is that because uh i mean is that because the uh what is it the uh labor force is just shrinking and stuff or is it uh, just general trend that people aren't interested in well i think a bit of both actually yeah definitely the, you know because the labor force is shrinking and people aren't into cars you know before young kids if they want to buy their car you could get a car cheap now it's hard to find cheap cars. And same, all the race cars or the, you know, the car culture in Japan with a lot of drifts cars and sports cars, all those cars are gone. They've all been chopped up and sent to Australia, New Zealand, Europe, America. And what's left, the price is crazy. 
Oh. So it's just not trendy anymore to, well, yeah. to get into yeah. it after, no, that's what was right. it, Fast and Furious yeah. 3, yeah. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yeah, you know? Like those cars were accessible to young people. They could go and buy them cheap. Now, you can't. Yeah. And they're not, uh, I mean, car brands aren't uh, producing, manufacturing the same type of cars anymore? No, as such, no. Okay. Like those cars were the iconic, you know, 90s, early 2000 cars. Yeah. Were and, you... Uh, were you around when they were at the big trend with the uh, the vans and stuff and people were taking out like the kind of conversion or minivans or whatever? Yeah, they're, they're still doing it. There's still a culture. You know? is That's it? one thing with Japan. What, what is that? Like they, they lower their vans yeah. and they put like fluorescent lighting underneath. Big spoiler. Ca- if you go to Tokyo and go to Odaiba or somewhere like that, um, Daikokufuko, that parking area, that's just the gathering point for anything and everything you can imagine. I never, I never really understand that whole van culture. Like, no, I don't either. Like, did I mean, did girls like it? And I don't uh, know, was that, was have, that the reason? Uh, actually, my cousins in Abetsu, like a few of them, went through that phase, and then we would get the pictures sent back, uh, sent from Japan. We would see, we just like, what is this man? It's like half kind of transformerish, <laughs> half like uh, utility. I would, I would guess or something. But yeah, it was kind of like. Plus, it's in Hokkaido too. Like, how are you driving in the snow with a huge van that's lowered and stuff? But and impossible. what is the van? Is it like Toyota Hi-S or Delica? What? What are? Yeah, what are the Hi-S's vans? were a big, popular one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, there's still there's still a few of them around. There's still a there's still a following. I understand, like you know, the, the boy races where they're driving like cool cars. They get them low. They put spoilers on them, and I can see how you know people be attracted to that, especially. In England, we have a big culture yeah, of that. Yeah. And one of my friends was one of those. He was a boy racer, and it was weird. Like He was kind of the one boy racer that I kind of got quite close with, and I was, and he, he just caught me up one day. I was like, oh, do you want to go for a drive? It was like 9 o'clock at night. I was like, yeah, all right, why not? I've never really done it before. And we just went in his car. He just put the music on full blast, and we're just driving around in a circle around the city, just literally just driving and listening to music i'm like what what are we doing and we just is this it and he was like yeah this is what this is what i do this is what boy racers do and then yeah. they just slow down if they see like cute girls and stuff and for some reason girls like it too they love it man and yeah. then he'll pick up some girls and they just sit in the back seat and then they just drive around in circles again That's and funny. then they'll go to like some parking area where there's a bunch of them and they're all just like looking at each other's cars they open the bonnet check out the engines and stuff and for me i I didn't i didn't really get it like i I get like nice cars but i don't get the whole culture of just driving around in a circle and just looking at someone's car yeah when i was in uni like a lot of my friends uh were into that but they weren't like parking uh at places and kind of checking out each other's car and stuff they all like decked out their cars uh just like that like uh what were their preludes and and uh, maybe some of the Nissan GTRs, end. yeah, and also yeah, lower, and also lower end uh, Lexus and stuff. And uh, actually, somebody had a uh, pretty decked out Honda Accord as well. Uh, but yeah, it was just kind of the culture within the Asian community at my yeah, university yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, my cousins, uh, my younger cousins were really into it too, and they just go to a, a kind of abandoned department store like with a car park and start drag racing each other, which was highly illegal. Yeah, yeah, and then the police come and they just like burn off yeah yeah yep. well yeah that's pretty much what i did for most of my young life actually <laughs> from yeah how old was i maybe from like 17 or 18 that's what we used to do every friday and saturday night just cruise around in the car yeah and do exactly what you described yeah yeah so, and so, then do so some racing it? It was... and, i don't know just that just i used to love driving have a nice cool little car and modified it and made it fast and what, what was your car? Oh, I had a um, back. When I, I had a Honda CRX. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, but it was a special model. It was a VTEC. So. Yeah, yeah. And it got VTEC, clocked at yeah. 242 k's an hour. Uh. Yeah, for a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that? I look back and it's a bit scary, but, you know, at the time it was great. We had an awesome time. What about uh, on the track? I mean, you were talking about earlier that you guys do go out to the track a little bit now. Is the track culture... Um, pretty popular still in japan like uh i've been on a track once uh when i was early 20s like i I knew a guy who would go out on the track a lot with his porsche and stuff uh i was in southeastern michigan so there's obviously a big car culture in southeastern michigan because big three dealerships were all there and stuff 
And uh, there wasn't any, it wasn't drifting though. It was all like uh, without drifting, but yeah, like I just remember circuit racing. Yeah, yeah. and I just yeah. remember like uh, he was like, whatever you do, keep your eyes on the road because he had a lot of people that had got sick being in the car and stuff because going around the, the turns really quickly and you just get so disoriented and stuff. And then I took my uh, Acura out there and uh, burned some of the rubber off the wheels. And my tires pretty bad. I had to get new tires after that. I just never, <laughs> didn't really know what I was doing or anything. But he was so proud of me to see how badly I'd uh, burnt down a little bit on the of the rubber on the tires and stuff. But uh, yeah, but it seems like the the videos that I've seen you've posted and stuff. There's a lot of drifting and stuff going on there. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what, uh, what's that like at the? At yeah, the great. Well, like the only limiting factor in Hakata's is not any many tracks like Takachi or Obihiro they've got an international racetrack that's like one of the top three tracks in Japan oh wow so for circuit racing yeah it's amazing like I think I had my car to about 260 k's an hour down the front straight the other week wow (laughs) (laughs) what what car did you take down oh the GDR so I mean it's you're racing there quite often we're not really racing it's just like a club day so you can go out we're not door-to-door racing because it's it's a bit dangerous. Yeah, and it's expensive if anything happens, you know. Is it stripped down and everything? Like, is there a, and is it like a roll bar and all that? Yeah, my car's got a roll cage. But again, yeah. we we took a few people last time, so we're trying to introduce people to a track day so they could bring their own car. So, yeah, we're just telling them to upgrade the brake fluid and just, you know, just general rules for the track because, you know, it's a different experience to the road. You know, you, a lot of people think, oh, your car can, goes good on the road, but you take it to the track and it's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you find out, you know, if you haven't substandard tires or. Yeah. So you can take yeah. any car you want out there. Yeah. You can take your own car if it's whatever, <laughs> Nissan, uh, I don't know, what was it? Extra. Shit, was it? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, know, you probably <laughs> wouldn't, though. <laughs> Just, yeah. Just a way to kind of like yeah. let, let off steam and. and, and but, you know, a lot of people are interested in cars and the culture is still you know alive i mean last the other week there was another event the hks meeting and there's lots of all range of cars from you know young guys to lots of um guys with lamborghinis and ferraris and, and these are uh, japanese guys and foreign guys or well 99 percent japanese okay yeah there's not many of us foreigners doing it, really. <laughs> yeah, is it uh, how? What, what's it like uh, in that sense too? Or is it? Uh, is everyone kind of mixing together? Is it kind yeah, of no, foreign guys? And that side of it, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Nobody cares about what car you've got, what sort of overalls you got, how much your helmet's worth. You know, in at home now, you need you need a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car to compete, mm. and you've got to have all the gear and the transporter truck and everything to go with it here. Everyone's just accepting, welcoming, and so, yeah. So if I rock awesome. up with like my wife's K car, like no one will be, no one will give me shit for it, and I can just drive around. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Shall we try? <laughs> Bring it along next time. <laughs> but they probably be, uh, they probably like to see what would happen. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. But I remember when I first like I wanted to start doing drifting. I bought a car and I didn't know anything about it. No, we did some grip racing and stuff, but no drifting as such. And I went to the track, and the first thing I see is like 10 guys, and they're all like amazing. And I'm just like, oh, no, what am I going to do, you know? But they didn't care. We just went out and had a go and just learnt, you know, just kept trying until you get better and better. So. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys uh, like get in each other's cars and stuff? And, yeah, uh, go around? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that was a good thing about that. It was like they were – I mean, it was really much a car culture. Like, they wanted more people to come to track day. They wanted to teach people. So I went out there probably twice and one day with my own car. But they were really trying to get people into it and to have fun and, and to enjoy. And, I mean, the guy that I that took me out there that I know, he still goes out there all the time and stuff. And uh, and it was kind of like what you were describing. I don't know how it is now, but when I went out there back then, it was like nobody cared what you showed up in or what you showed up with. Yeah, like, it's the same here. They don't enjoy it. You know, and it's it's unlimited. You can go as fast as you want, and it's you know it's a good release. So is that the one you're usually going to? Is the one out in near Obihiro? Or? Oh, that's the big track, yeah. And yeah. then there's also a small track in um, by Chitose by the airport. That's where we do drifting. Okay. Mm. Yeah, Ben, we gotta get the K car out there. Yeah, man, that. for sure. I've got to get I don't from the think it'll drift, though. <laughs> we can try. It can roll, probably. Yeah, <laughs> you'll need a new one. <laughs> Pop, pop, pop.
So I, I, I went to ask Aaron, um, are you plan to stay in Hokkaido for for the foreseeable future or do you plan on going somewhere else? No, at Zealand? this stage, I think um, we're here for a while, so with the wife and two kids. So, yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, we were talking about it a little earlier, but I wanted to ask you too, and it brought it up, the the Toya Lake life. I mean, it uh, uh, sounds like you got a place out there that you're enjoying pretty much, and uh, you were saying you do wakeboarding and mm. stuff on the lake. Uh, I've only been out there a few times, but you don't really see too many, uh, like boats and stuff out on the, on the lake. Is no, it, there's is not. Is that because of yeah. regulation or it's just yeah, not Yeah, a little bit of that. And it, same, or? a lot of people don't have boats. Like I used to have jet skis. So, but again, it's, and it's, uh, additional cost. Once you buy the jet ski, you've got to pay for the registration. You've got to get a trailer. You've got to have a vehicle to tow it. You've got to have a place to park it. Every time you go, to put it into the ramp, it costs 3,000 yen fuel. So it's just an added cost all the time. Mm. So, you know, the, there is a few people that do it, but not a lot. And the same with boats, you know, it's it's a big investment. You've got to have storage. You've got to have a vehicle. You guys have your own it. boat too? Or? No, we don't. Okay. No, I'm very lucky. I've got a great friend and he's got a boat. So what what is the regulations? Because I know like uh, Toyako and Shikotsko have different regulations. Yeah, correct. Right? Yeah, Shikotsko, you're not allowed power boats, basically. And there's like no houses around Shikotsko. No, at all, yeah, right? exactly. I don't know the rules on that, but I know I think it's only commercial allowed on Shikotsko. So you can only wakeboard at Toya, not Shikotsko. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, and then the time there's also a time limit. You have to you can't put your boat in before eight o'clock in the morning. And then from 12 o'clock to 1, it's also downtime. At, at if you're out on the lake, away from the put-in area, you can keep doing what you're doing. But you can't come back to the beach between 12 and 1. It's like lunchtime. And then again, 5 o'clock's the cutoff. Wow. Mm, I guess in a sense that's kind of good because, I mean, you have like the whole lake to yourself and stuff. Uh, but it, it is surprising because it's such a beautiful lake. Mm. You would think there would be more people out enjoying it and stuff. But. Well, yeah, I think it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit of a hidden gem really for a lot of people a lot of people don't know about it yeah you know a lot of the people that go to Hokkaido for skiing or to Niseko they get on a bus in the airport or they get their rental car at the airport and they drive straight to Niseko yeah they don't see Sapporo they don't see everything out I think now in these times a little bit more the people that are stuck here or staying here are out looking around and you know exploring more of what Hokkaido's got to offer, which is a lot, you know? Yeah, it's uh, one of the most beautiful places oh, in Japan. Awesome. I mean, yeah. in Asia, it's like, what, the number one travel destination, they're now saying, at least for winter, and mm. now summertime activities too are Yeah, and that's, and that's why I love it as well, because it's a lot like my home area, like Canterbury in New Zealand. It's very, very similar to the Hokkaido's. Yeah, I went to um, Shkotsko the other week, and um, SUP, you know, SUP oh, yeah, boarding, yeah, yeah. that's, that's going is, for a bit of a boarding? boom. Stand up paddle boarding. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. the giant kind of, I guess you're on a, a windsurf board yeah. and you've got that paddle. paddle. Yeah. Um, I've never tried it before. Um, it doesn't look too much, f- too fun though to me. It's a great workout. Yeah, yeah that's that. It's a good yeah. workout for you your shoulders and arms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, uh, I've done it. A, a buddy of mine has a place in, uh, southern, uh, um, Taiwan and uh, that was the first place I did it at. And that's the main reason he's doing it is because of the workout. Mm. It's an unbelievable workout. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot more people getting into it. Yeah, mm. it's quite popular. Yeah, even yeah. in um, Toya, there's a lot of people doing it. Oh, there's people in Toya. Yeah. And yeah. did you say you tried it or you just? Saw I, it? I saw people in Shkotsko doing Shkotsko, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know it looks looks a bit silly to me, but uh, <laughs> but like you said, it's a good workout, so maybe I'll give it a go one day. Yeah, that uh, that uh, really uh, famous uh, free climber uh, just posted something. I think last week on Facebook that he uh, he did that uh, across Lake uh, Tahoe. I think in the U.S. or right. something. How big is Lake Tahoe? It's huge, right? Yeah, I don't know how big it is, but he, I think it took him like the full day or something. He started like in the <laughs> middle of the night and basically finished. I don't think he wanted to be out in there. Actually, no, it didn't take the full day because he started in the middle of the night and he finished at some point in the morning because obviously he didn't want to be out there like during midday doing that and stuff. But uh, that's is that the uh, that free climber Alex Honold? Is that is that the yeah, guy? Yeah, I think the that's one that it, yeah. free climbed uh, El Capitan. Yeah, and also maybe Yosemite. And stuff. Yeah, 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 crazy yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not for me. Yeah. So you were saying, so you probably think you guys are going to be in Hokkaido long term? Yeah, or? I think so. This day, yeah, it's great. We love it. So. Yeah. And you've been here 15 years, was it? Yeah, about 15 years. Yeah. 
Kevo Taikakabo. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, like a lot of people in Hokkaido, like, uh, I mean, obviously people travel around. A lot of have been to a few places. Ben, you said you've been to a few places and stuff. But to be honest, like a lot of it has been for work. But I think one of the main reasons is just because Hokkaido has like so much to offer. Like mm. you don't really, unless you want to see something specific in some other exactly. part of Japan. Yeah. Like there's so much to do in Hokkaido. Yeah. There's not really too much reason to leave yeah. during the vacation time. And so. it's easy and accessible, you know. it's Yeah. 30 minutes in a car, you can get to a lot of places. Yeah. You can't do that in the middle, from t- middle of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. And yeah. we're having a great summer at the moment. Mm. Like today's a, today's a beautiful yeah. day. I mean, what, what do you guys got planned for, for the weekend? You're going up to your, your lake house, yeah, right? Yeah, Toya in the morning. <laughs> nice. Just, just for the, just to go wakeboarding for the morning. So. Yeah, our, uh, our, my wife's family, uh, rented out a place, uh, just outside of Sapporo. So her whole family's getting together. We're going to enjoy the weekend. Yeah. Probably. I think we're just going to have a barbecue. Yeah, enjoy the weather while we yeah, can. Yeah, while we can. Yeah, it's usually a short kind of summer here, but I feel like this summer has been quite long, maybe because of coronavirus. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, right. <laughs> and it always, you, you forget about winter. Well, well I do. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's completely forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. And no beer garden this year, no. so it, it does seem a bit odd not having that. Yeah, but I kind of feel like now that the actual beer garden uh, season has passed and like, we're still here. I you didn't feel miss like anything, I made it right? It. Yeah, I mean, it would. Yeah, it'd yeah. be over by now, right? I yeah, it'd be over, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had that like a really hot, humid uh, evening. I think just a couple of days ago, and, and that was oh, just that like was terrible, one more man. reminder. I was like, man, yeah. I'm so glad I'm not like yeah. in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like this for a few months, yeah. a couple months, you know. And stuff, yeah, so. yeah, but they have aircon, so they can kind of survive it if Dude, they're but inside. You got to go outside yeah. at some point, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, you can have it. Not for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, we might be coming up uh, about to that time. Ben, was there anything else you wanted to ask No, Aaron yeah, I just wondered, uh, Aaron, what's, what's the name of your company? Uh, Ace Auto Japan. Ace Auto Japan, based in Ebetsu, yes. Hokkaido. You can find yeah. us on Facebook and the internet. At uh, aceautojapan.com. Uh, .ne.jp. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll put a link for all of that. So. <laughs> .net, maybe. I don't even know. How about that? We'll, we'll get the uh, correct one uh, in the uh, episode description. Yeah, so people we'll add, it, check it, add it all on there in the notes. Yeah, um, yeah no, but th- thanks for coming on, Aaron. No problem. Thank uh, you, guys. It's awesome. Great to catch up. Yeah, um, yeah. Come on anytime. Yeah. Uh, take hear. you guys out drifting or car racing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to go wakeboarding with oh, you. Oh, you can do well. that, that too. Was, uh, that was good fun. Yeah, I'd like to try to get out on the track at some point again, too. I mean, I'm not going to make a career out of it, I don't think. But, man, that was really fun when oh, I yeah, get out there right. that one time, so. Definitely. Awesome. And take you up on that. Thanks for coming on, Aaron. No problem. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Bye bye. Bye.